Welcome to Doctor Who on the Rocks, a podcast where we drink whiskey, discuss the longest running show in science fiction, and arbitrarily assign points to find out who really is the best doctor. I'm Diana, and I've seen it all. And I'm Jen. I've seen nothing. This week's story is the Dalek Invasion of Earth. But first, it's the Whiskey of the Week. Okay, I thought you were going to forget that time. <laughs> and I was like, I got this There's one. There's a moment I was nervous. You're like, fuck. Okay, so this week we're drinking Jacob Weldon Premium and it's a blended bourbon whiskey. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, I've never heard of them. Me neither. We picked this out because it's a cool looking bottle. Purely because of the bottle. Yeah. We I was actually going in for a completely di- I had a different lineup. I said, mm-hmm. Jen, how about this one, this one, or this one? And then we mm-hmm. both went that one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I've just looked them up. Mm-hmm. And this one. 2018 Gold at the SIP Awards, which I just recently participated mm-hmm. in and was quite fun. And they are from Cleburne, Texas. Cleburne, Texas. I tried really hard not <laughs> to do it with any kind of an affectation, but it's just a good old like Texas. Southern Texas name. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And everything about this bottle looks Smells like... Smells of Southern Texan. Like even the... Um, not Southern Texan, just Southern and Texan. Yeah, the font, everything mm-hmm. about this bot. Even the fact that it's just this like matte black. It's giving me Western vibes. Very, we're pretending to film in the like mm-hmm. 1880s mm-hmm. Western feel. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's got that like um, silent movie yeah. look to yeah. it a little mm-hmm. bit. Uh, yeah. So yeah, I'm really excited about it. It's a co- would be a cool one to go visit, maybe. Maybe. I, I don't mean, know. Maybe <laughs> if y'all came to Houston. I don't know. I don't I'm know just, where Cleburne is. I don't know. I'm just really hoping that this is all not not all uh, smoke and mirrors, where you know a really shitty whiskey is hiding behind a really cool bottle. But well, yeah, one of the things I'd be nervous about. Sip award. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. the sip awards is cool because it is a blind taste test from consumers instead of professionals. Mm-hmm. You know, so they got they got my basic ass boat in there, mm-hmm. and I don't know what I'm tasting. They said, <laughs> and they said, try this one, and I said, wow, something about this really tastes familiar. I really like it. I wish I could have more of this. Turns out that flavor that I could not pinpoint was coffee. Was coffee? <laughs> how do you not pin? How do you not know it's coffee? Yeah, you your 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 brain. That's a in sample it. of my palate, folks. Yeah, yeah. We don't even know what color this is. This is going to be an interesting. Nothing experience i just know it's a blended whiskey so it should be a nice mix of stuff mm-hmm. so there's no telling all right let's okay. see okay first impressions let's get these pours oh very interesting i'd say off pour they yeah. look a little a little darker than you usually yeah like but maybe like right at your limit mm-hmm because you don't necessarily like the whiskeys that have been sitting in barrels Ooh, too, too long. Yeah? Ooh, honey. 
Yes, that should be one of the notes. I read that there should be some pecan, it's which I can funny. smell the pecan. Ooh, pecan esque. Yeah. No, my great grandfather had a giant ass pecan tree in his backyard, and mm. so like my family's real big into pecans, mm. and so it's something that I immediately picked up. It's like that. It's like that. There's like a sandy, gritty, nutty mm-hmm. to pecans that you don't get other places. It smells lovely. Yeah. Mom, smells chin. like Christmas at my mom's house. It does. I'm here for the pecan. Yeah. That's a strong pecan flavor. Yeah. You know what? It, it has a little bit of that kick. Yeah. But I think just the initial sweeping of the sweetness of the pecan and the honey, like even now that it, it's been, I've swallowed it, it's lingering in my mouth, kind of cooling off the burn, mm-hmm. which is really cool. I think we're finding that we like... As much as I also like the like kick you in the pants, like rise and mm-hmm. high proof whiskeys, I think we're also finding that we have a particular palate for some of these sweeter ones. Yeah. Because I think at least for whiskey, for me, it's just so contradictory. Yeah. You know, I don't think uh, of whiskey as being sweet. So mm-hmm. when I have a pleasant surprise like that, it's, it's for me, it's just really cool. Yeah. Because I was not anticipating just that how strong the pecan comes through, mm-hmm. that nut, and that like I think there are a lot of whiskeys that use nutty kind of flavors, mm-hmm. but I haven't had one yet that does where that it comes does. out first. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a you know kick you in the mouth pecan flavor. Mm-hmm. I, I like to bake with this, mm, like a bananas foster. It kind of I was gonna say like I've been on you know we've been newsflash guys. We've been a huge Yellow Rose kick. Mm-hmm. We're all about Yellow Rose. We love y'all so much. This love. Obs- Low-key obsessed. It's a disgusting obsession. Yeah. Just kidding. <laughs> I didn't know we were going to fall in love with a whiskey. Like I didn't. We fell in yeah. love with Yellow Rose. Yeah. And I think this could be friends. Yeah. Definitely like, yeah. Um, could definitely, I would, I would serve them at the same party. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, they're going to the same house. Mm-hmm. They're going to the same event. Mm-hmm. I, and I mm-hmm. really like that. I think that they're both pulling on the, I'm like... for it. Historical- and the bottle's freaking cool. I was about to say, they're both pulling on this, like, historical mm-hmm. motif with the yellow rose and, like, the bottle design here. Mm-hmm. And they're both going with something unusual to make it that interesting sweet because they mm-hmm. went with banana for the yellow rose. Mm-hmm. And this one paired that pecan with the honey. Mm-hmm. And so the honey makes it sweet without being overly honey yeah uh so jacob weldon what are you gonna give him i want to say i'm gonna give this a solid 8.5 really yeah i i like it it i don't like it more than the yellow rose and i believe i gave that one like a 8.8 but with this one it's i I think it for me, just because it still has that little kick at the end, but what makes it better for me is that, yeah, yeah, there's the kick at the end, but there's also just that continuous, refreshing it's still flavor of the pecan mm-hmm. and the honey and just whatever other sweetener they added because it's freaking amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, pecan, I feel like, sits around on your tongue. Mm-hmm. It lingers mm-hmm. between every sip. That's why I love, I love pecans. Mm-hmm. I'm in it. Look, I put it right up there with the yellow rose with how much we loved it. And I know because I just released that show mm-hmm. that one of the things we talked about was potentially drinking it again 
And after we'd had more stuff to raise its score and mm-hmm. to probably to score it higher as our awareness increased. Mm-hmm. And so I'm going to have this sit there at the 9.1 because if I look, if I just compare it against everything we've had, I'd give both of them a 10. Mm-hmm. But I just Actually, don't know yeah. what else is out there. Same. There's those two, these two are definitely the higher, the highest rated. Yeah. Like my brain almost says that a 9.1 is low for both of them, Mm -hmm. but considering that it's the highest I've ranked anything, Mm -hmm. like, I think it has to just be, I think the next time we come around to these, I'll probably bump them up to tens. Yeah. Once I have more assuredness that like. Yeah, these really are, are just... Yeah, these are the good we ones. We really do just find them that yummy. So you gave it an 8.5. Mm-hmm. I'm giving it a 9.1. Mm-hmm. Up there with the best. Yep. Fortunately, it's 80 proof. Yep. So we won't so we get won't, too We Except lit. that we don't know how much of that bottle's gone. <sighs> They're a tricky, a tricky bunch. They are. They're <laughs> trying to fuck us up. Mm-hmm. Which means you get a high five, Jacob Weldon. <laughs> Go you. Cheers. Cheers to that. Yeah. So this week we're discussing the Dalek invasion of Earth. Mm -hmm. It ran from the 21st of November to the 26th of December. So this was a Christmas time Mm -hmm. episode Mm -hmm. of 1964. So Mm -hmm. we are finally closing out 1964. Mm -hmm. It's been a long year, Mm -hmm. but we're finally there. Yeah. Things that happened during the run of this show. In hometown news, for us, the Houston Colt 45s changed their name to the Astros. Mm -hmm. Winners of the 2017 World Series. Yeah. Yay! Yeah. <laughs> Woo! In other United States world news, um, the sit-ins at Berkeley started. Um, and so that's pretty cool. MLK Jr. was awarded the Nobel Peace Prize. So, you know, we've got some real shit happening in the world. Uh-huh. In nerd news, the pilot for Star Trek starts filming. Huh. So we're already into season two and Star Trek is it's just... Beginning. Getting that first pilot filmed. Hmm. And in science news, this is the first time in the history of the world that we know of, mm-hmm. as long as like time hasn't been rewritten or something, that four people were in space at the same time. Interesting. So that's kind of fun. Yeah. In, the, in science and in the UK, Dorothy Hodgkin was awarded the Nobel Prize for Chemistry. Not only is she the first British woman mm-hmm. to win this, mm-hmm. but she's only the fifth woman to win a Nobel Prize for science. Wow. She's the sixth winner, but that's because Marie Curie is the baddest of the badasses and won a Nobel Prize for physics and chemistry. And then her daughter also won one. Oh, shit. Because the Curie women. Yeah. So we've got a lot of like, as we look back on it, like kind of big shit happening. Mm -hmm. You know, these aren't small moments. Mm -hmm. We're really seeing the change of culture starting Mm -hmm. to really happen. Mm-hmm. This story was written by Terry Nation and directed by Richard Martin. Do you remember where we've heard of Terry Nation? Sounds familiar, but I just can't remember. Yeah. So he's the first writer of the first Dalek. Okay. Yeah, line. I was going to say the, the first yeah. one. Terry Nation's the Dalek guy. Okay. But he also wrote The Keys of Marinus. Okay. Okay. And 
Richard Martin. So very morally charged episodes. But also wildly adventure. Mm-hmm. Very mm-hmm. adventure-based. Mm-hmm. And Richard Martin directed one of the episodes of the Daleks. So he's already been familiar with this. Mm-hmm. The other thing about this story that makes it different from everything else is that the audience knew the Daleks were coming. This was Doctor Who's first story event Mm -hmm. where they put out marketing that said, this is going to be a Dalek story. Mm. And this is where Dalek mania was really... Daleks were almost more popular than the Doctor. Interesting. During this time. Hence the marketing. Right. And so, of course, they're going to bring back the country's favorite bad guy. Mm-hmm. So when we watch that whole first episode where you don't have the Daleks and they slowly come out of the water, mm-hmm. that's what that's it's what everybody's waiting for. Mm-hmm. It's Thanos finally showing up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so this was this is kind of a shift in tone for what Doctor Who was doing at the time. This is taking it from purely in this is no longer like an educational just an educational mm-hmm. children's show. Mm-hmm. It has promotion and marketing. You know, you never saw coming up next week or the next storyline in Bill Nye the Science Guy. Mm-hmm. You just kind of like tuned in and showed up. Yeah. And this is the first time we're really going to have that kind of promotional marketing mm. which relatively defines what we're going to see from Doctor Who forever. Okay. So Knowing the context for this episode, what are your first impressions? At first, when I first saw the Daleks come out of the water, I was like, God damn it, they're back. I thought we were done with them. But then I also You was thought like, we were done with the Daleks? I thought that yeah, but then but then I remembered like this is a big thing within the Doctor Who world. I mean, these are the baddies, right? So I was like, all right, am I really not surprised? But I I, I guess I didn't expect it to be so soon. That's fair. Is what I what I think what my my main the main reason for my reaction, mm-hmm. and a lot of changes in this episode. You know, you can really see. I, I think that they revert back to some of the character growth aspects that we were seeing, kind of like at the end of our first season. Mm-hmm. So that was refreshing to see in terms of the progression of the episode uh, and the ultimate ending. Right? Yeah. Which mm-hmm. we will definitely get into. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it was interesting watching this one from a critical perspective because there was a lot, there's a lot in this episode. Mm-hmm. It, it uses six episodes well, mm-hmm. I think. There are definitely some parts where I was like, okay, I get it, uh, Daleks. But especially learning that this was a promotional and promoted storyline. I can understand why we had so many bits with the Daleks that weren't necessary to the plot because it was a get all your friends in the schoolyard to watch next week's episode with their family because there are only two episodes on television or two channels on television. Mm -hmm. So make sure you're watching the right one so that you can talk to your friends about how dumb or how cool or how scary the Daleks were. Mm -hmm. Imagine even a week in between, you know, going back to that idea that we don't, we binge them now. I sat and watched two and a half hours of Doctor Who. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It would have been weeks for people watching it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So it was one big marketing ploy. Which I'm not mad about. Not at all. Because it was fun. So a brief synopsis of the Dalek invasion of Earth. 
The TARDIS gang lands in London, a hundred years in a dystopian future where the Daleks are the self-professed masters of Earth. But they really just want to carve out the planet using humans' wicker basket and one huge bomb in order to, and I'm not kidding, make a wildly impractical spaceship. Mm -hmm. Six episodes of what World War II set in the future might look like with an obligatory, Susan finds a love interest so we can get rid of her subplot. (laughs) Yeah. That being said, let's rank them. Okay. Let's dive right on in. So, Jen, I know I promised to send you an email with this in it every week, and I lie to you every oh, week. Oh, God, because it's a quiz every single time. What does TARDIS point stand for? Terrifically arbitrary rankings done in intoxicated seriousness. Oh, girl, we're so close. Oh. <laughs> We're so close. Next time. And I promise to email you, in which I mean I probably won't. You're not going to email me. It's fine. I owe you the next episode, so maybe I'll include it in that email. Terrifically, so TARDIS points. (laughs) Terrifically arbitrary rankings determined with intoxicated seriousness. You were so close. Determined. Yeah. Because I was like, recorded. uh, You at least got the letters. You at least are following the, you know tortured acronym that's fine how did we feel about the doctor this episode the doctor you know like again every episode that passes by i don't i hate him a little less you know it was just really fun to me at the beginning that he was just so cocky about the fact that he finally got them to london and it was like yeah at the you got them to London when the world's literally ending, bro. Yeah. <laughs> and like a hundred years out is not close. No. Imagine yeah. someone dropping you off in 1910, 1920. It is not 2010. Yeah, fuck that. <laughs> I'd be like, take me back yeah. immediately. Immediately. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, the doctor, um, he, he was just really interesting. I, I also love that he actually got to be a scientist right like i was i I was very because i almost forgot that he is a scientist you know i mean is he and you know he he he, i don't know that's questionable correct you know but he's definitely more more sciencey than ian because ian doesn't know shit i mean ian knows shit but like he, he's limited to this dimension. I mean, we have more earth. evidence that Ian knows more technical science, has actually learned, is more qualified to call himself a scientist than the doctor. Just because yeah. I know stuff about law doesn't make me a lawyer. This is true. This is true. Yeah. Like, even if, even if Ian knows less, he still studied it professionally. This is true. This is true. But anyways, going back to the doctor, <laughs> uh, I, I did enjoy that that snippet. Yeah, absolutely. I did too. I thought he was fun. I thought this was a good episode if you want to watch the doctor enjoy his little ass. Yeah. 
He got um, charmed and that was fun to watch. Yeah. He <laughs> the only downside to him this story was honestly his relationship with Susan. Mm-hmm. But that was such a product of writing Susan out of the story. Yeah. And I have a hard time totally blaming the doctor for what happens when you have to write a character out mm-hmm. because I don't think it was true to and we'll get into this with Susan. I don't necessarily know that either of them gave us true to either of their characters for what we've been watching with each other. Yeah. But understandable for suddenly losing a character. Needing to. Mm-hmm. But he did get a lot of good snark in. Mm-hmm. He was that he was that beautiful combination mm-hmm. of like funny and an asshole. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I hope like um uh especially when he was Moving around, there was that one side guy that was with like him and Ian in the beginning. Mm-hmm. And the guy kept making comments. And the doctor was like, who the fuck are you? Why Why are you talking? Just, Shut the sh- fuck <laughs> <laughs> The conversation is between him and I. Yeah. See you way out of it, I think bro. He like literally turned to him, turns to the guy and goes, hold that and shut up. <laughs> Just the whole time. And Ian, oh yeah, I even wrote down he has the other other human to insult. And so he's not insulting our our friends now, mm-hmm. you know, no matter how I feel about Ian. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, like he's our Ian now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like we've been saddled with him. Mm-hmm. Whether it's Stockholm Syndrome or you actually like the guy. Stockholm. Yeah, a little bit Stockholm. <laughs> Only you're allowed to make fun of him. Like, you know, other people can't. Like, so it's nice that the doctor is picking on other people now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Instead of like our game. Yeah. On his crew. Mm-hmm. And he got a got good range of emotion in there. We got to see scared doctor. We got to see confident doctor. Passed out doctor. Passed out doctor. Very tired mm-hmm. doctor. Mm-hmm. Angry doctor. Mm-hmm. And I honestly thought that some of what they did with him while Susan was leaving, was kind of sweet. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Some of his comments were not sweet. Like when he s- told Susan that what she needed was a smacked bottom. Also, we, we can get into this when we talk about Susan, but mm-hmm. I'm also just thinking about like, how old was Susan when they left? It hasn't been that long. We'll get into that. We'll get into that with Susan. I also, for the doctor, for the doctor, his speech when he locks Susan out is just so nice. And I know some people think that it's like a kind of a stoically delivered speech. And however you want to think about his acting skills, William Hartnell, that's, you know, he's probably reading it off a teleprompter. Mm -hmm. But it's still like a, you can tell it was written to be poignant. And there is kind of like a moment to it where you're sitting there and going, wow, you know, he's saying goodbye to his granddaughter. Mm -hmm. He knows that the only way to let her move on is to literally lock her out of their home. Mm-hmm. Now, leaving her with one shoe and no clothes <laughs> and no food. Irresponsible. Is not necessarily the kindest thing Here. he's ever done. Come, come. He took come, her shoe. Come settle on in with, with your new boo. She had a hole in her shoe. He took it and then he locked her out. Not the kindest thing he did, but this time watching it, I even like teared up a little watching him say goodbye to her. Mm-hmm. Because from here on out, we're about to get a doctor that has no ties to anything but his TARDIS. Mm -hmm. Nothing but his spaceship. Mm -hmm. 
everyone else is someone that he had, you know, Ian and Barbara barged into his TARDIS and he's kind of shackled with them. Yep. And so we have no option but to see a different doctor, a free doctor. Mm-hmm. One that is not, he mentions- A newly single doctor. I mean, kind of. <laughs> it's emptiness syndrome. Yeah, it's a divorcee, serving divorcee vibes. He mentions in the episode that for while he's been taking care of Susan, Susan's been taking care of him. Mm-hmm. And whenever we watch him try and go one direction, Susan's character- inherently for what because of what she is pulls him back in he can't ever risk his life because susan's there Mm -hmm. he can't do crazy stuff because he's got to take care of his granddaughter Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and now it's just the doctor so yolo let's see what's up i'm excited to see where the doctor goes from here good character arc this series one of the things that we do see with him this arc that is purely about his character growth is he makes some pretty major statements about being nonviolent mm-hmm. this episode, at which I take as because he was more he was more vocally adamant about it this episode, I take as a like, yeah, we've seen him be violent in the past. You know, we saw him nearly brain a caveman mm-hmm. with a rock, mm-hmm. but an intent from the writers. Mm-hmm. You know, this is we're moving into new Doctor Who territory. We've lost a companion. Or we're losing a companion and it's a new show. Mm-hmm. You know, it's single doctor, mm-hmm. not doctor on the town. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And this one is vocally conscious of saving lives. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Instead of shifts, at yeah. the very least, not being vocally active about it. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. he said it a number of times like, we don't kill people unless they're threatening our lives. Mm-hmm. I don't carry guns on principle. Mm-hmm. And so it'll be nice to see where that goes. Mm-hmm. I'm excited. Yeah. It's uh, I'm excited for the change. Mm-hmm. So what kind of score are you giving him? I would give him a eight just because of the yeah. er- character arc. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm so excited. Mm-hmm. Not my least favorite anymore. Good. I mean, mm-hmm. he's can't be your least. Oh, you mean character. I was like, he can't be your least favorite. Yeah, character. no character. Sure. Um, I'm going to be honest. I don't think he was ever truly your least favorite character. It was Ian. Yeah, he was a white <laughs> double. <laughs> uh, no, I think in the early days he was your yeah, least he favorite. Was, he was you made him. Dick. I hated him. Flashback. You made him the bad guy of the first Dalek story. Yeah, because he's a fucking asshole. Yeah, he was. <laughs> he was, but the Daleks were worse. And we'll get there. <laughs> All right. Now. Because she comes next in the, in how we rank these, mm-hmm, we're going to mm-hmm, go there. Mm-hmm. And honestly, I'm predicting this is going to be pretty much the bulk of the episode. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. How did we feel about Susan? It was just weird to see her like, I, I guess because I'm always longing for that pilot episode, Susan, yeah. to come back, you know, to, so to kind of see her really take a step back. And really just defer to this yes. man, you know? It was very much setting it up yeah, to where this is where Susan's going to stay. Yeah. And I, be- and I think it, re- it made her into an adult very quickly. Yes. Because throughout the episode, what, she's a high school student. Mm-hmm. What, maybe like a junior, senior, like sophomore 
Ostensibly, yes. Yeah. So she's what? Like 14 through 16? She's canonically Mm -hmm. 16-ish. Ish, right? Give or take like six to 10 months. Yeah. So... It, and 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 I guess I guess the fact that the writers chose to infantilize her for the majority of her presence on the show, and then for in these six installments to make her grow up, yeah, and make the audience feel like a lot of time has passed. But no, this is still like a a sixteen year old. Well, she made out with the guy in the bushes. But it's also very reflective of the times, too, you know? Like, I remember my mom used to tell me about in El Salvador where there was a time where if the police caught you making out with someone, they'd marry you. They'd take you to the municipal office and marry you, you know? So it's also – it. my mother was growing up in this time. So I'm like, this is also very indicative of – That's crazy. Yeah. This is indicative of – the times yeah. and and it and it's just not an isolated thing to like Central America, you know where my mom's from. No. Well, you look at it's it's kind of going into that whole concept that of Susan, where we were talking about teenage shows in general mm-hmm. and how they're either virginal, don't know anything, that's the point of them characters, or they're sleeping around with all the guys in town running speakeasies, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and that they don't know how to do. And either very infantilized or either a highly sexualized mm-hmm. character. And, you know, this clearly shows since the conception of the teenager in popular media mm-hmm. that it's always been a... Such a Especially with women. Yeah. That it's either you don't know how to tie your shoes mm-hmm. or it's time for you to make babies. Mm-hmm. Because even the doctor mentions at some point, like... And I don't necessarily, you know, I didn't hold this against him in his score because Mm -hmm. that is a viewpoint of 1964. Like, that's not the doctor. That's 1964 Mm -hmm. bleeding through our screens. Mm -hmm. That, you know, that she was a woman now. It's time for her to get married and have kids. Mm -hmm. And we're still fighting against, in today's world, still fighting against the concept that just because I'm a woman doesn't mean I have to get married and have kids. Mm-hmm. That's also not my goal. fighting child marriage. Yeah. <laughs> it's just still legal just, yeah, in several the, states. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the, the perception of what it means to grow up as a mm-hmm. woman doesn't happen mm-hmm. when you're 16. Mm-hmm. It doesn't necessarily happen when you're, you know, and that doesn't mean grown up. Yeah, I don't feel grown up. And I'm no. 31. Right. Yeah. I mean, same. <laughs> you know so it's like ooh, yeah yeah i mean like after this i'm gonna you know go home and watch anime <laughs> yeah. i do what i want bitch. Yeah, i'm gonna it. watch anime and i'm gonna play the sims <laughs> but i didn't think as her counterpart i didn't think david was an awful character mm-hmm. i thought he was a decent catalyst mm-hmm. like if they're going to go the it's a boy route mm-hmm. he's not the worst boy mm-hmm mm-hmm and at least he's like a revolutionary. He's forward thinking. He's action oriented. Mm-hmm. It keeps her kind of in that same world that she's been in. Yeah. And they had a nice little kiss in the bushes, a snog in the shrubbery, if you will. Also, I really, they gave her, I will tell you, they gave her some good lines. Mm-hmm. There was that one moment after the snog in the shrubbery, I think, mm-hmm. the random extra guy mm-hmm. looks at her and goes can you cook 
And she looked at him and she goes, I eat. Yeah, right. I, that, was like, oh, I me. loved that one. I was like, yeah. that's me. <laughs> I was like, that's a modern woman. Yeah. Where was that Susan? Mm-hmm. That was great. Mm-hmm. I loved it. I mean, one of my notes was, I'm so glad this is her last episode. Even yeah. for Carol Ann Ford's sake. And Carol Ann Ford was a beautiful actress mm-hmm. this episode. There were moments, there was a moment in the sewer and when she, when the doctor leaves where you get moments with her where you go, if only they had used her, mm-hmm. they could have made this a powerful show. Mm-hmm. But I don't think that's what television was in 1964. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And maybe Carol Ford was just ahead of her time because all of the actors here are really great, but there's something great mm-hmm. about Caroline Ford's acting mm-hmm. that feels more like what you get out of like WandaVision, where you have these epic emotions where like they are trying yeah. to, it's that theatrical element mm-hmm. that we have to television today mm-hmm. that I think Caroline Ford could have done mm-hmm. if they weren't so confined by what their concept of television was in the 60s. Yeah. It's really too bad. Yeah. Yeah, I guess what you say. Because there were just some moments. The there sewer were scene was there was there were flashes yeah. not just in this six, the sixth episode, mm-hmm. but just throughout her presence on the show. There were flashes of like, this is amazing. But yeah. that's also with a twenty twenty one lens, you know. Right. Yeah. Who knows? I would love to get some critique on how people felt about her about her acting then Mm -hmm. but i don't know if anybody was doing that kind of discourse on cheap science fiction on the bbc yeah in 1964 who knows there's probably some like side magazines if you know let us yeah send me that like (laughs) probably some digitized link i'll pay Mm -hmm. money to view it Mm -hmm. you know wherever it's gotta go let us know just don't send us viruses oh (laughs) <laughs> please, please, I just bought a new computer. And I don't want to send the Nigerian prince money, okay? Oh, man. <laughs> We've been joking about that all week. That's so funny. That's so funny. <laughs> That's great. We've been joking about that all week at work. We got this weird-ass fucking email that was like, kindly do this thing, and we no. would much appreciate. And we were like, no, no, no. Okay. We're not sending any princes any kind of Wells Fargo okay. transfer. <laughs> so... How did we feel about Susan this episode? I mean, I, for her, she was just kind of like there because they had to dismiss her, you know? Like one of my notes was like, of course she's the reason why they can't get into the ship because she twists her ankle. Oh, you she know? started off so like, rough. Of course. Here we are, Susan doing Susan things. And then it's like, okay. Susan Susaning around. Yeah, Susan Susaning around. And then, ooh, Susan has got some paint. Yeah, yeah. That's okay. And can't walk for right. three episodes. I'm just like, yo, Suze. Yeah. Um, I really think they did a disservice to her. <laughs> yeah. Um, I feel bad for her. I'm going to give her a six just because, you know, for, she she didn't really do too much this episode, right? Like, she she was, a, once again, a plot point. I don't know if I can go that rough on her mm-hmm. because – I can't say that she was necessarily a plot point because the whole plot revolved around getting rid of Susan and showcasing the Daleks. Very obviously with what kind of plot line they gave the fucking Daleks. Susan's had, for the first time, gave her the most dialogue on camera. Mm -hmm. 
she talked about who she was and her feelings and how she Mm -hmm. felt about flying around and Mm -hmm. how she felt about her grandfather. Mm -hmm. And I thought it was the most development we've got out of her all season and her whole series. Mm -hmm. And I was real bummed about how they made her fall first thing and knock the trellis down to block the TARDIS. Right. And that, so now we can't get back into the TARDIS and now we're six episodes away from the TARDIS. Mm -hmm. And I don't necessarily like the way they wrote her off, Mm -hmm. but I thought this was very true for a girl who's supposed to be 16 years old. Mm-hmm. All from the from wherever Susan and the Doctor are from, where she knew all that weird shit. In the, for me, this was a return to that pilot Susan. Mm-hmm. This was like an ode to that Susan, mm-hmm. where I do not agree that you should ever let a 16-year-old run off with just whoever the fuck they first mm-hmm. kiss. Mm-hmm. That's maybe not the smartest decision. I just kept thinking, true that divorce rate. <laughs> They're not getting divorced in 1964. They're fine. The English don't divorce. They're fine. But like, if I tried to suspend, the whole idea was that this was some like Disney, you know, they met and fell. That's supposed to be that 1964 aesthetic. And we, from our perspective, find that trite. Mm -hmm. You know, it's repetitive. It's overdone. It's not believable in our era. But in 1964, that would have been sweet. Mm -hmm. And while I don't like it from a modern lens, Susan's character as a 16-year-old is pretty true to what I would expect from a 16-year-old. She finds some, you know, dashing young man, very English-looking young Mm -hmm. man, who had an accent I couldn't quite place the entire time. But he swoops in is daring can diffuse bombs is a revolutionary cares so much in a world where she has been taught to run away mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and she looks like she's 16 mm-hmm. i get why she would think this is it this is oh mm-hmm. man you know the first time you fall in love there's mm-hmm. nothing quite you're chasing that high for the rest of your life mm-hmm. and so it just rang real true mm-hmm. is she my favorite no mm-hmm I thought for her this season, this episode was a good episode for her. Mm-hmm. And so I gave her a nine. Of course you did. I was going to say, did you give her a nine? I gave her a nine. <laughs> because there were some real gems there. Mm-hmm. Her scene in the sewer, she got to have makeouts in the bushes. <laughs> I'm here for a makeout in the bush. <laughs> Wherever you can get it. You Wherever know? you can get it. <laughs> when they said, do you cook? She said, I eat. I really like that line. That was my favorite that line. That clapback, that was... Mm-hmm. I was like, yeah. She got a full point and a half for I eat. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I, you know, I just thought she did a... I thought it was good. And some of those points come from Carol Ford's acting, for Carolyn mm-hmm. Ford's acting for me. It was just a beautiful piece of work from her. And I'm real glad to see the backside of Susan. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah. All right. So you gave her a six. No, I gave her a seven. You gave her a seven. Yes. yes. So you gave her a seven. Mm-hmm. I gave her a nine. Mm-hmm. Maybe a little bit fluffed for me, but mm-hmm. you know what? Bye, bitch. <laughs> this is your goodbye. Yeah. Don't let the door hit you on the ass fluff. on the way out. And we're going to make sure because I fluffed up an extra point for you. Oh, so, we, both, so yeah, we both did. No, yeah. I'm just saying you Oh, did. you just did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right, so arguably the queen. Mm-hmm. How do we feel about Barb's? That girl Barb's throwing bombs. 
Literally. Okay. Yeah. She's out here throwing bombs. Agro. Yeah. Barb's is the lady in she charge. She is like, fuck this. Also, I think for me, I liked Barb's this episode because it also got to show me her in a different light and continue just that character arc that we have been mm-hmm. seeing throughout the entire first half yeah. of, of, of the show up until now. So I really did appreciate that continuation mm-hmm. of the growth. Is she still annoying to me? Yes. But I could appreciate at least the her heroine journey, right? I think they took her strength of character mm-hmm. from the Aztecs. Mm-hmm. And they took started- the Karen. Yeah. Well, they the the fact that she's very clearly strong-willed. Mm-hmm. She has strong convictions and when she wants to do something, mm-hmm. she's just she does she's just going to do it. She doesn't necessarily wait around and ask for a, a permission mm-hmm. or your opinion. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Until she has to. Mm-hmm. And that I think she picked up in the Aztecs. We mm-hmm. saw that for the first time in the Aztecs. The Karening. Yeah, and now we're seeing it applied more in a way that's not annoying <laughs> yeah where like she goes oh i'm not in 1964 london so i just gotta take care of me myself and i and anybody who attaches themselves to me mm-hmm. like the worst karen i've ever seen mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. this bitch what was the fuck was her name? i was so done with her oh the uh, second she appeared jesse or no no not jesse I didn't write her name down. I know. I just wrote she, her down as Karen. Fucking annoyed the shit out of me. Yeah, I did not write her name down. Here, I, the bottom of this page just says, Karen can shut the fuck up. <laughs> I think her name is like Jessie or like... It's something like that. Whatever. Yeah, other, she was the worst. Other bitch. Worst worst character of Doctor Who so far. Yeah. Rude. I kind of liked the murderous dude more than I liked her. Oh, Mr. Shooty McShoot Pants. Yeah, yeah, not yeah, the yeah. not the wheelchair guy, but the other like shoot guy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was like a product of war. Definitely, mm-hmm. she was just rude. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like fuck off. Mm-hmm. Wear a mask. No social skills no. at all. Just yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Like you're in the grocery store, lady. Wear a mask. You'll be fine. Right. <laughs> so yeah, Barb's had a pretty good episode. Mm-hmm. 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 For her, I think she also gets, I think she gets an eight this episode just because of her resourcefulness, you know? Were there any moments that you like particularly loved with her? Um, I mean, I, I seeing her like really get into the attack and planning, like, mm-hmm. I, I enjoyed that part of her. But besides that, I mean, also her defense of the doctor, I think was pretty cool. That was, yeah, because for me, it was a definitely like, Oh, he's part of, he's your crew now. You know? Yeah. It was very interesting to hear her go, but the doctor's coming. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but the doctor. Mm-hmm. And it went from this, you know, arguably again, Stockholm Syndrome. Right. But there's also that sense of like, they've been in some real deep shit. Mm-hmm. We've seen them go, like every episode, they were captured and in control of, their lives by Kublai Khan. Yeah. You know, they have been trapped in a spaceship in the middle of space. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They're in London. Yeah. They're in, this is <laughs> you know, like, this is she, she's in a recognizable place. She's yeah. got a little bit more confidence in what's going on. Yeah. 
So I really loved watching her go, yeah, the doctor's coming. He's always coming. If he came on Scarrow, mm-hmm. the doctor's coming. Mm-hmm. The doctor's figuring something out. Mm-hmm. And I enjoyed mm-hmm. that. I liked mm-hmm. that without losing her resilience. Mm-hmm. She was mm-hmm. still like, oh, you thought we were going to sit here? Right. Oh, no, no, no. No, no, no. We're still We're going to show that I know how to drive a lorry. We're fucking moving, okay, bitch? Yeah. We're not staying here and we're dying. Right. Yeah, so Barb's Barb's got it was a good episode for me. It's I'm really ready to lose that haircut though. And it gets worse the more harried she gets. I did enjoy when she was trying to fool the Daleks and she's like going through American history Mm -hmm. in a way to say this is what's gonna happen to you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like not the Indians, because you have them conquered the Red Indians, Mm -hmm. which again is that use of terminology that isn't appropriate mm-hmm, mm-hmm. in any way shape or form mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um but it was the terminology of the time mm-hmm. and and to kind of weave that story when any one of them could have shot her dead but also i loved how they used american history isn't that interesting and not like yeah british, in british yeah there's no american viewership or at this time or something like the fact that she knew so much about American history. Right? I was shocked. Yeah. I thought it was very interesting that she would have like mixed that and like, and Hannibal, mm-hmm. that they were in the mindset of the average British viewer at this time, we are mixing classic Roman history. I mean, the story of Hannibal crossing the Alps, like as someone who took arguably too many years of Latin, mm-hmm. it's crazy they would put that on a level of any kind of American history because like, ew. Yeah. I I think for me, it just, the fact that even it was the, the tap to American history is also Mm -hmm. just signifying, I guess maybe the subconscious idea that it would reach a more global audience. Well, one of the things that I saw in one of the books that I was reading mentioned and we'll get more into this in the story, mm-hmm. that the parents of the average 10-year-old lived easily through World War II. And Britain survived World War II. America came in and was the Kool-Aid man mm-hmm. of World War II. Mm-hmm. So America's riding high mm-hmm. right now. America, I mean, arguably we're still coming off the high of like, yeah, but we saved you during World War II. So like, you'd be speaking German if it weren't for us. You know, and now where people are like, no, American can kind of fuck right off. Mm-hmm. But especially in those, I mean, the first 50 years, mm-hmm. we wrote off that horrific destructive bombing mm-hmm. like we were the good guys. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, we helped defeat Hitler, mm-hmm. but we bombed two major cities in mm-hmm. Japan mm-hmm. with very destructive weaponry. Yeah, uh, an atomic bomb. Yeah. <laughs> An atomic bomb. <laughs> you know, we left shadows of people. Yeah. Um, and so it is interesting to see what the perception of America was in 1964, mm-hmm. which to our allies was a hero. A giant circle jerk, if you will. Yeah. You know, and it's and it's always interesting to see when that perception really was that mm-hmm. positive because mm. Good luck, America. Mm-hmm. It was an illusion. Sip, sip, sip. All right. So you gave Barbara an eight. I'm giving Barbara a nine because mm-hmm. she's a badass in a bad haircut. Mm-hmm. 
The fucking haircut's the worst. What are you giving the white devil? Ian. You know, he was a maiden in distress. I'd love that. He was a fucking nobody. <laughs> what was, was he like, doing? Yes, you finally took all the seats that I was expecting you to take this time. He Look, as much as you said earlier that Susan was just a plot point, Ian was the plot driver this episode. They said, we got the doctor doing a thing. We got the Susan snogging in the shrubbery. Barbara's being a badass. And Ian is gathering the necessary information to drive the plot forward. Mm-hmm. Anytime they were like, we need an information dump. Ian's over there hiding in the bomb. Ian's over there hiding behind the wood. Mm-hmm. Ian's over there hiding behind the bridge and gets the information. Yeah. Right place, right time for Mr. Ian this week. Yeah, he gets a five as a placeholder. I gave him a seven. Yeah, placeholder. He was just... I gave him a couple of points for not being awful. Yeah. I mean, I don't mind. I gave Take him- a seat. Take a stadium of them. A yeah. stadium of them. Yeah. Is what I meant to say. <laughs> a stadium of them. I liked, I give him, I gave him at least one point because one of my favorite moments with him was, gosh, I feel like he was talking to the fucking Robo-Men. Mm-hmm. And they were like, we have orders. And he said, get new orders. And then like ran off. Oh, and it was basically like a, get fucked. <laughs> Get some. Get stuffed, (laughs) if you're British. (laughs) And it was just, I was like, we're giving everybody some comedy this episode. We're getting a little bit more casual. We're getting in the groove. It feels more like modern acting. You know, Mm. not like stoic. I'm reading Yeah. It's not quite so intense. It was fun. Mm -hmm. He had a little bit more fun this episode. Probably because he wasn't the hero. Because he was just a blip on the radar. He was a blip on the radar. Mm -hmm. I said Ian's mostly a plot vehicle this episode. Yeah, and I'll take it. Granted, he was just a plot vehicle. He's still the guy that they gave the part to of the, let's make sure the planet doesn't get exploded by the bomb. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it was a little eye rolly, if only because I was like, I guess they had to give him something mm-hmm. this mm-hmm. episode. Mm-hmm. But I just want him to give everything to Barb's and the doctor. Mm-hmm. I could take it or leave Ian. But because yeah. he saved the planet... From becoming a spaceship, which is dumb. Yeah. And because he told that one Roboman to get new orders, Ian he gets a seven. A seven. <laughs> and you gave him a five. He's just a, you know, bloop. <laughs> I'm going to call start calling him the white devil. Bloop. Just a blip. Just a little blip. All right. Now, I know that you know what my answer is for who yeah. is the baddie. I mean, I agree with you this season. Yeah. This, this, for me, it was there, a vehicle for the dollars. There really wasn't any other person worse than them. Because then, well, who? The robotic humans. Victims. Victims, right? Uh, the humans trying to fight back the revolutionaries. Obviously fighters. Yeah. Any of our cast members, everyone was so consumed in trying to get to where they wanted to go, yeah. either a dick or the ship. You know, everyone was consumed in their own path. A dick or the ship? <laughs> I mean, truly. I like, Who the fuck was trying to get to Dick? And I was like, oh, Susan. Susan. Yeah. You know, I so- was imagining a person named Dick. I was like, who's our character named Dick? Because no, that's such a 1960s no. nickname. <laughs> no, no, an actual penis. No, you're right. Uh, so for me, it was the Daleks. I mean, also yeah. the fact that, and this is a part that I was confused on that I think I missed when I was watching it. This is the an, evol- an evolved Daleks. 
Incorrect. No, this is so this is a past Dalek. Maybe. That's the part that I was really confused about. You should be. Because at one point the doctor was like, Don't you remember they had they have that panel so they can float and whatever. So they adjusted. So I was like, okay, so I agree that it's the Daleks, because who the fuck else could it be? Mm-hmm. I think that there are some arguments that you could like go for the Karen, you could go for the two old women in the hut, but like everyone's a product of what the Daleks are doing to mm-hmm. the planet. Mm-hmm. So there are several points of perspective on who the fuck are these Daleks because mm-hmm. because the last time we saw the Daleks they were unable to move on anything other than static electricity mm-hmm. metal mm-hmm. 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 but they had also been isolated on Scarrow for several thousand years mm-hmm. and that's the argument for why they were fucking crazy mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and also they were about to bomb the entire planet mm-hmm. so that they could live on the radiation that it provided mm-hmm. and now they seem to be fine without that yeah mm-hmm. And they've got the big discs on their back so mm-hmm. that they can do without the static electricity, which yeah. argues that they're an evolved form, mm-hmm. but we're very far in the past mm-hmm. comparatively. Okay. So as far as what we would have gotten as a 1964 audience, just go with it. Mm-hmm. Okay. It, we're yeah, excited I to see the dogs. I was just like- There this is, is a tie-in novel mm-hmm. between our last episode and this episode. Interesting. And if we ever really, truly decide to get into the books, I've only listened to one. Okay. I have a bunch of new Who books, Mm -hmm. but I don't, and I have a whole bunch of old Who books, but they're all wrapped in plastic and I don't want to unwrap them because they're in very good condition. (laughs) (laughs) You're a nerd. (laughs) But we can get them through audiobooks and stuff. And that book implies that the Daleks also have the capability of time travel. Oh, okay. But they never lose their sensor. That book was or the written penis looking thing injecting thing. Oh, girl, never. <laughs> never, never, never. What the fuck is that? But that book was written relatively modern, like post 1980. Okay. So that is a retcon. <clears throat> uh, there's no contemporary Nothing contemporary. It was legitimately Terry Nation wrote a story about the Daleks being over here. And then he was like, you know, it'd be fun if the Daleks were in London. Here. Trying to get the you know how I made the, the Do- You know how I made the Daleks Nazis over here? What if they were literal Nazis? Mm-hmm. And that's what happened. Yeah. They are less concerned at this point about continuity. Continuity is not a concept. Mm-hmm. In 1964. And it shows. Uh, Absolutely. 100%. But it's not a concept in this 1964 landscape. In fact, it's not for another several years where Doctor Who finally goes, you know what? We kind of have several seasons. Character plots. Maybe we should get someone who knows Doctor Who history and they literally grab a fan because... It was when fandom started happening and they realized the fans were keeping track of it more than Mm -hmm. the writing staff because it was just a job to Mm -hmm. them. It was Mm -hmm. nothing to them. Mm -hmm. One of the reasons I love William Hartnell as the doctor Mm -hmm. is that he recognized from the very beginning that he had to memorize where the switches were on the TARDIS, on the prop, because the people watching were going to pay attention. Mm -hmm. And he's like, what if I use this to open the doors one day and I use this to open the doors the other? They will notice. Mm -hmm. And everyone around him said, no, it doesn't matter. But he said, yeah, it does. Kids Mm -hmm. notice that kind of thing. And he Mm -hmm. knew that because of the kids. And he was, when he would meet kids out on the street, he would pretend he was the doctor. Fuck them kids. Well. (laughs) Just kidding. I think it's kind of sweet for that old man to be like, yeah, I'm the doctor. 
let's take pictures together. Oh. Not pictures, sign things yeah. in 1964. But because that wasn't a thing then. You mm-hmm. didn't recognize people and go, oh, you're this character. You went, I don't watch TV. There are two channels. Right. Here we go. <laughs> I'm really rich. I have yeah. a TV. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so like, con- we're not experiencing continuity. Mm-hmm. And so I want us to just kind of throw that concept out of the window. Take it as a... Daleks got really popular after that first story, so they wrote another vehicle for Daleks. Daleks were Nazis, so we, still wrote a, are. so we wrote a Nazi episode. Another intergalactic Nazi. Well, and literally, I mean, this was the Blitz. Yeah. <laughs> this was Brits hiding in bunkers, eating cans, yeah. and it goes back to that idea that the average 10-year-old watching the show, their parents would have eaten food out of mm-hmm. cans hiding in bunkers from... German bombers. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So this was something for the adults watching the show that honestly seems like it'd be a little triggery. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know if I'd be interested. There's some purpose. Too. There, that's some that's some shit. Mm-hmm. And the people making this would have been doing this from personal experience. Mm-hmm. They would have lived through it. Mm-hmm. So this seems like some really intense shit. Maybe it's like their own version of therapy, you know? Well... One of the books that I was reading, I think um, About Time with Tatwoods and Lawrence Miles mentions the fact that most science fiction at this time is putting the extraordinary in the ordinary. You're putting Godzilla in Tokyo, mm-hmm. and that's from Japanese cinema. Mm-hmm. So in America, we're putting Daleks in London. Mm-hmm. And when you watch most film associated with World War II, especially during the Blitz, mm-hmm. You, they make a focused effort to show things like Parliament, things like Big Ben put together. There's that idea of the British stiff upper lip. Mm-hmm. The Brits can survive anything mm-hmm. as long as we... Including racism. Still have tea. Thank you, Meghan Markle. Yeah. <laughs> Bless your heart. Her daughter's middle name is Diana, and I'm here for it. I'm fucking here. Because you know... If Diana and Megan, if Diana were still alive and she had Megan as a sister-in-law. Daughter-in-law. Daughter-in-law. Yes. Yes. Because they're definitely, yeah, no. (laughs) But yes. Anyways. Yeah. So like Blitz era propaganda Mm -hmm. and film Mm -hmm. show all of these London landmarks the way they're supposed to be because they can persevere. This episode has... And I will be honest, listeners, I had to go through and like look through some stuff because like I have never personally been to London. So I'm not as familiar with some of these landmarks because they report in the 1960s. It's not like you have the London Eye. Mm-hmm. So you have Battersea Power Station. You've got the docks. You've got the bridges. And all of these things are run down. Battersea is mm-hmm. missing some of its chimneys. So it's not this London that perseveres. It's a busted down, beat down London. This is like when we watch our zombie movies or we watch our Armageddon movies. Mm-hmm. Plane of the Apes, where mm-hmm. they have the Statue of, spoiler alert, Statue of Liberty yeah. at the end. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a obsession with the concept that, or this idea that we love watching disaster of recognizable places. You know, the Daleks really, I was really impressed first and foremost, um, Maybe not impressed the right word, impressed upon mm-hmm. that we're going hardcore into that Nazi uh-huh. iconography. Mm-hmm. Immediately, I was like, oh, they didn't think the Nazi thing was clear enough uh-huh. last story. We're going to make sure that you know right. that the Nazis, the Daleks, mm-hmm. 
we are the ones in charge. Mm -hmm. We think they were... They literally used the term final solution. Yeah, they did. Mm -hmm. So if that wasn't clear, Mm -hmm. Nazis and Daleks are the same. Mm -hmm. And in doing that, I was like, all right, but what else? Mm -hmm. I was the one this time where I was like, okay, but what else? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. A character being the Nazis is kind of Mm two-dimensional. But maybe it wasn't then. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of what's hard. I guess for me it was because it showed how we see this one enemy, right? That's the Nazis and what the Daleks embody, right? Mm-hmm. And we thought at that point in time that this was the worst of the worst. But now, even if it's a past Dalek, whatever the whatever the timeline of the Daleks that were in this yeah. series was is really irrelevant to the whole point of the fact that what you thought was the worst thing possible mm-hmm. during your lifetime can actually evolve yeah. and be even worse. Right. So this is a second, like, so this is a second awakening or another wake up call to really try to, I, 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 it, 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 the way that I perceived it was another message, right? Another word of caution. Like, mm-hmm. yes, this is the same enemy, but this same enemy has actually grown and become much worse than what you thought was the worst. Sure. Yeah, I could see that. You know, it's always possible for it to resurface. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I was really torn because I still know the Daleks are Nazis. Mm-hmm. And I can't ever say that there's like, honestly, there's not like much worse than Nazis. Mm-hmm. But then they made the Daleks kind of stupid. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, they were scarier in the last episode. Mm-hmm. They were like, we're going to paralyze you. We're going to kill you. We're going to nuke the planet. And this time we got a stupid plan. There's at the very end, I loved it when the robo humans, the robo men just carried the Dalek out on their shoulders. <laughs> There's a one time, so fun fact, inside the Dalek costumes this time to move them around, they had them on tricycles. So there's one time where the Dalek's like coming around the corner and you kind of see him like Mario Kart power slide yeah. around the corner and it's like, <laughs> and like comes to a stop. And there was something, even Barbara at the end where she was making, like pretending to be a Dalek mm-hmm. and like. that kind of shit was that whole idea that this is still a kid's show Mm -hmm. this is what you do to a kid bad guy Mm -hmm. this is Scooby-Doo-esque this is Hanna-Barbera you know that's really funny because to me what I felt that was more like was I guess the purpose for interjecting that was more of like, this is how your evil can be beaten. Like you don't really have to outsmart it because it's stupid. And yeah, it was like they like came from two sides Mm -hmm. to do that. Where bringing up Scooby Doo, I think it's like a fair comparison because the whole point of Scooby Doo is that the monsters are just the adults in your life. And that adults are scary, but they're also fooled by a bunch of kids Mm -hmm. and their really stoned friend and their stoned dog. Mm -hmm. 
And so I, I, I think that's a great point because the Daleks are like, they can fucking murder you. Mm-hmm. But like, you can also just take a giant rock to them and they fall apart pretty easily. Or you can just carry them out on your shoulders. Right. Just lift them up. Yeah. Yeah. Like they're scary if tip you, them over, you know, they're scary if you let them be. Mm-hmm. But you have to give them the power to be that scary. Although I'll say the Dalek slowly rising out of the Thames, I can see that, that just a being shocking. I can see that being, oh my god, it's the Daleks! Mm-hmm. I'm six and freaking the <laughs> fuck out. You know that seems just. I love it. I, even the I know the shots of the Daleks crossing mm-hmm. the bridge and being in Trafalgar Square and mm-hmm. all of these landmarks. Mm-hmm. Who doesn't love? King Kong on the Empire State Building. Yeah. There's a reason we love that image. And it's because it's recognizable with something Mm -hmm. weird as fuck. Mm -hmm. And the Daleks are weird as fuck. Mm -hmm. I tried to find excuses for other people to be bad guys. I tried real hard for you, Jen. I tried really hard. It's not possible. I couldn't find any this time. It was a too tight of a story where they made the Daleks the bad guys. But I tried Mm -hmm. for you. Mm Mm-hmm. Just for you. I said, who's who's the next bad guy that, that Jen might thank see you. is thank you, thank you. paving the hell, road to hell with good intentions? And all I could really find was Karen. But one of the books that I read actually put a good point in. Remember the house with the two ladies that turned in Barbara and Karen? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That was really interesting because World War II was the era of... The snitches. Of the snitch. Mm-hmm. The bad guy isn't the guy in, you know. It's your own kind. It's your next door neighbor. It's your next door neighbor. Mm -hmm. It's your, it's that guy on the train that looks like the good guy. Mm -hmm. It's the little old lady knitting the socks Mm -hmm. on the bench in the park. And she's the one turning you in to the the Nazis. Right. And so I thought that that was a really good nod to that. Mm -hmm. Gave you that moment for the adults. Mm -hmm. For the kids to be shocked and for the adults to be scared. Even if we're going to play on their horrific sense of drama and PTSD. I just... That's going to be one of my things I'm going to look for. Listeners, if you have any documentation about how the World War II iconography references and portrayals in these early episodes affected the mental health of the people of the adults watching it a la ptsd and triggering noises and themes i'd be very interested because it's something that i'm fascinated by what do you give the daleks i mean they're the baddies they are the baddies they're the worst but i mean i think they're the worst in the sense that even in whatever timeline in terms of the Daleks, right? Whatever form of evolution, what stage of evolution they were at in the beginning or the end, it still shows that the same constant was to be evil, to destroy, to have a master race, to have the final solution, right? Yeah. So that's the constant. So for me, the fact that the, the, the... that that's just, I guess, in the most theatric sense, the purest form of villain. Yeah. Because you just show that through and through this person is evil or this thing is evil. Wow. It's like that's what I argued in the second episode. 
Yeah, but this is the fact that like I have a different timeline of Daleks to talk about. <laughs> and we also didn't have any fucking white saviors trying to do shit this That's episode fair. either. So like I think And even this if they episode, were it was face saving their own people. I mean, but it was it was very this episode was very pointed to be mm-hmm. very much this is a black and white episode. I know, I'm just fucking with you. Mm-hmm. Wow. Just I just want to be right. I just want to be right once. (laughs) I don't think I think you underestimate how very difficult it is to argue with a lawyer. (sighs) It's really not that hard because by by the time we get here, I'm already drunk. I know that's the point. Like I have to have. Me too. (laughs) You are not easily convinced. And what I use to illustrate my point is the last fucking. 12 episodes of this show. <laughs> so you're going to give them a what? Oh, um, I'm going to give them a nine. A nine? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm shocked. Just because it's a constant evil. I'm giving them an eight. Interesting. I might bump it up, though, now that you gave them a nine. Because mm. I was at like an 8.5. Here's my thing. I hate it when they give such a bad good bad guy Mm -hmm. such a dumb fucking plot as let's get rid of the magnetic core of the earth and make it into a giant fucking spaceship. But they're simple robots. I was about to say, but do I hate it so much that I love it? Is it so bad it's good? Is it so crazy that robots... That these these dustbins want to murder everything in order to fucking make a planet into a spaceship, really which would not. be non-aerodynamic. It would not move through space well. It's it would really be not. so fucking Have slow. Have you seen and the Emperor's New Groove? Oh, it's my favorite one. Right? Like he didn't he just give a wants shit. to make he a village on top his, of a mountain. Yeah, a resort on top of a mountain. Yeah. All right. You don't give a fuck. No, you brought me. You brought me back around. I'm bringing it up to a back a nine. Back to a nine. I love the Daleks. I love the Daleks. They're so fucking stupid. They have dumb voices. Their little plungers were obscenely long in these episodes. Like I, and I the love little, like like the little like yeah. yeah I know what you're talking about. Yeah, <laughs> everybody listening to does to to does because it it, it it looks like it sounds like. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. They're so fucking dumb. But, like, you can already tell, like, there's something about the Daleks mm-hmm. that's just, Evil. dare I say it, also fun. I don't know about that. I don't know if mass murder and genocide is fun well, for you. Okay. <laughs> but it's like Thanos. Like, Thanos is fun. Like, he's mm-hmm. big, bad, and scary, but he's also, like, he's a fun bad guy. Like, he's a good bad guy. The Daleks are just kind of like, you know, they're, they're an easy target. They're an easy target, but they're also just dangerous enough that you can spend the whole episode going, okay, but how? It's not, okay, we, I mean, it is, we know the doctor's going to win. Like, he has to, it's the show. Mm-hmm. But they're just crafty enough that you go, okay, how are they going to get the doctor out of this one? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's not, obviously, the doctor's going to get out of this one, and here's how. Mm-hmm. He's going to beat him up, or he's going to do this, or he's going to do that. Mm-hmm. It's... I mean, like, the dog, the dog has got him in a spot. Mm-hmm. How does he get out of this one? Mm-hmm. And obviously, it's someone busting into the room. It's Kool-Aid yeah. manning through the wall. But the Daleks give you that sense of, 
okay, but what next? Mm -hmm. But also you're dumb. No, I guess for me it was just more that the fa- there's no one else to blame. Well, I mean that that's fair. <laughs> that's fair. I'm like, yeah, no, there was really no one else. Like to compare it to, because this was just a straight up. This is what yeah. evil is. This is what it manifests into. This is what it looks like. And it'll be interesting now that we've had our first repeat monster mm-hmm. to see how, like, comparing repeat monsters against themselves will start to be interesting mm-hmm. um so yeah you gave him a nine i gave him a nine i don't think we've ever agreed on the monster this is the a before. monumental thing that should be cheers to cheers cheers we bitch. finally match on the baddies that's crazy that's crazy mm-hmm. it took us how many episodes 13 huh. lucky 13 mm-hmm. all right now, how do we feel about the story as a whole? I mean, as a whole, I would give it a seven because of the familiarity, but also it just, again, right? Like Susan's plot point was really rushed. Mm-hmm. Everything was really rushed. Um, it's This ending is not as bad as the fucking... Uh, what was it? The the really like psycho one that it was like basically oh, edge an acid of destruction. Trip. Yeah, edge of destruction. Man, what a fucking trip. Mm-hmm. This was not that at least. So no. I want to give it a seven. It, it was still a terrible ending in a terrible way to um, let a character go. But yeah, it wasn't a an acid trip. That's fair. I it was definitely a a therapy session. Yeah. And I appreciate having that, as a modern audience, I appreciate having that commemorated on film. Hmm. What did the 1964 world in a science fiction lens view World War II as? As a potential could happen again, what it would, what would it look like? There's a part of me that really appreciates having that on film. And so that was interesting. I thought having all the characters separated for the whole time was interesting. Having them all have their own companions, Mm -hmm. if you will. Letting them all have their doctor moment. Mm -hmm. Um, Where it pulls down is that, you know, Susan had her companion, but she didn't get to be the doctor. Mm -hmm. She was still Susan. Mm -hmm. She was still the companion. She was Mm -hmm. still the tag along. Mm -hmm. But that's also why we're writing her out. Mm -hmm. I thought it was a fun episode. This is one where I feel like we can can feel a tonal shift. Mm -hmm. There's a bit of a more playful atmosphere, mm-hmm. even though everything's real fucking terrifying mm-hmm. in the sense that the Daleks, if you ran into one in real life, would be a very scary thing. Mm-hmm. What they can do, what they want to do mm-hmm. would be scary. Mm-hmm. And this episode makes it feel fun. Mm-hmm. While conquering and talking about some pretty intense subjects mm-hmm. and very possibly elicited... Now, in Britain, we've got the whole stiff our pull up, you don't talk about it mm-hmm. kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. But it introduced the opportunity for parents to talk about World War II to children that would not have seen it mm-hmm. or experienced it or known what it was like. You know, you have Ian eating a can of beans in a shed. You have Barbara looking a hot mess, worse than she's ever looked. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, you know, poor Susan loses a shoe. <laughs> I give it an 8.5. Okay. I think it's important. 
because of what it commemorates. Mm -hmm. And that if the Daleks were supposed to be Nazis last episode, they represented Mm -hmm. the Nazi ideals last Mm -hmm. episode. This episode, they were Nazis. Mm Mm-hmm. 100%. 100%. We were mm-hmm. dealing with the blitz. We were dealing mm-hmm. with mass genocide of he- of the planet. Mm-hmm. So 8.5. Okay. You gave it a 7. I don't think that's bad. Mm-hmm. But more important than any of these scores is the real question. Was this episode neat or not? I don't even know how this is a question. Uh, I mean, I guess it was neat in the sense that it was like... The culmination, it was the transition, right? Like it closed a chapter, although I agree it didn't close. I'm going to give it a neat. Uh, absolutely, yes. Obligatory. Absolutely, right. yes. Like even if you just ignore all of the Susan bullshit, like Barbara was a badass, Ian had an adventure, the doctor had a good time. Mm-hmm. We had major themes. We had, you know, adventure through the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Barbara drove a lorry. You had... Side characters that meant something. Mm-hmm. Karen was annoying, but she meant something. The mm-hmm. guy in the wheelchair gave his life, like, meant something. Mm-hmm. Totally a failed scientist. Shitty mm-hmm. scientist. Mm-hmm. But meant something. Mm-hmm. Like, his character represented something. And mm-hmm. then you have Shooty McShootface. I think his name was, like, Larry. Mm-hmm. He did something and represented a, a personality trope through the war. and And so I think that... I may not give this story neat in the sense that our neat stories are ones that I think this should be could be viewed as standalones. Mm-hmm. I do think this could be st- viewed as a standalone for Doctor Who, mm-hmm. but for its context for World War Two, mm-hmm. in what Britain, how Britain viewed itself, mm-hmm. viewed its allies, mm-hmm. viewed the Nazis. Mm-hmm. I think it's an interesting story, and I think it is important for the historical context. And so as a historian, I also think it's pretty damn neat. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Do you like that? Do you see? Do you see how I reinforced the pun? I did. I did. Too much. No, I'm funny. (laughs) Over the top. Tell me I'm funny. Uh, So you thought it was neat. I thought it was neat. Yeah. Um, Next, I think we're going to probably see maybe a potentially... um, shorter little segment but it's going to be really says a little mini-sode mm-hmm. but two weeks later we're going to have an episode called the chase yeah now that we've lost susan i just want to know like who's going to be chased well <laughs> quick idea what do you think is coming down the pipe i don't know someone else is going to leave you think someone else is going to leave mm-hmm Interesting. Mm-hmm. So you think it's going to be, do you think we're losing the doctor, Ian and Barbara, Ian or Barbara? Mm, I mean, I know there's different doctors, so maybe the doctor. You think we've lost Susan, so now we're losing grandpa? Maybe. If we lose the doctor, are we losing, like, what do you mean? It's a new doctor. Well, actually, maybe not. Maybe maybe it's one of Susan or, maybe it's Ian. You just want to get rid of Ian. Yeah. I don't know. Something happens. Something happens. The chase can't be called the chase for nothing. Mm-hmm. Well, it's only two episodes long, so it's going to be another short one, which is why we're going to do a mini-sode and then a short episode, and then we're going to get right back into getting some of those into more all regular, longer episodes. So for this week, it's bye, guys. Peace out, y'all. Toodles. Bye.
all, it's Diana. Thank you so much for listening to the end of the episode. If you want to catch us for another dram, subscribe to get Doctor Who on the Rocks as soon as it's released. And if you think we're neat, please rate and review on iTunes. It really helps us out a lot. You can also check us out at on the rocks pod, all underscored, on Instagram. Or if you have comments or concerns or even better, whiskey recommendations, please send them to mediaontherockspod at gmail.com. Thank you so much for listening. It really means a lot to us. We look forward to seeing y'all again in two weeks for the next episode and another glass of whiskey. See you next time.